You are listening to Friends of Europe's podcast. Don't miss our debates on global and European issues that span political, economic, social and environmental challenges and follow our website at friendsofeurope.org. Discussion on trilateral cooperation in Northeast Asia. I see so many friends here, experts, people who know so much about the region, so I'm really grateful for all of you, to all of you for being here. Um, one quick look at the global landscape, and I think it's very clear to all of us that it is a very complex world, a very volatile world, and a very uncertain world. There is war in many parts of this world, and where there isn't war, elsewhere there is talk of war, competition, confrontation, and, and conflict. Uh, the new U.S. administration, of course, is sending out mixed signals on what its policy is going to be like in this new Trump era. We at Friends of Europe are, of course, looking at this global landscape, but also especially we're looking at Asia. Now, many of you know that we have a very strong interest in the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN. We do a lot of work on ASEAN. We also look at the EU's bilateral relationships with India, China, Japan, and Korea. But what we haven't done so far, and this is really the first, we haven't looked at Japan, China, and Korea working together in the trilateral framework. We haven't done that, and we're really, really happy to do so. And for that, I have to say really pleased that finally uh, uh, Mr. Lee from the Trilateral Corporation Secretariat, Deputy uh, Secretary General of the TCS, has come here. He's come here just for this meeting, so we're really, really grateful. In the past, we have tried, and we haven't had much success. So we're delighted to have you here. And, you know, when we look at what's happening in Northeast Asia, we hear about rivalries and competitions and differences over historical disputes about ter territory and the like. But the untold story, or rather the little told story, is really about the TCS, the trilateral cooperation that is going on behind the scenes. Uh, the three leaders have met uh, several times, in fact, for summits. Uh, the, another meeting, another summit is planned for this year. It hasn't hel been held so far, but the plans are there. And, uh, Ms. and the secretariat that Mr. Lee is Secretary General, Deputy Secretary General of, is based in Seoul. It started working in 2011. So the questions for our panelists today are really, what is the Trilateral Cooperation Secretariat? What does it do? What has it achieved? Um, can these very sort of structural differences between Japan, China, and Korea, can they be sidestepped? Uh, can they be co cooperation despite the discord and some issues? And um, how is the Trump presidency going to affect or is affecting this region? And also, of course, uh, how can Europe engage in a more uh, credible and, and, and sustained fashion with the TCS? So I'm Shada Islam. I'm Director for Europe and Geopolitics at uh, Friends of Europe. Um, and we're delighted, as I said, to have Mr. Jong Hyun Lee with us here. He's Deputy Secretary General at the Cooperation Secretariat, a, a senior Korean diplomat, and he joined uh, the TCS in 2013. Also delighted to have with us also for the first time, but I hope not the last time, Julian Wilson, who all of you know here as well. He's head of division at the External Action Service for Japan, Korea, Australia, New Zealand, and the Pacific. So, uh, Julian, thank you very much. And you were, of course, ambassador in, uh, in Indonesia just before you came back. So we're really looking forward to your input. And Jining Song is also, of course, very well known in Brussels. He's a, a senior Chinese academic, a colleague of mine. Uh, he's head of the Conf Confucius Institute at the VU Bay and also China Director at the Brussels Academy for China-Europe Studies here in Brussels. 
So we're going to kick off. The rules of the game are simple, and if you come to uh, Friends of Europe meetings, you know them. Uh, I'm going to engage in a, in a conversation with these gentlemen uh, for about 40 minutes, 35 minutes or so, and then open the floor. Uh, I know there's so much expertise here. I really want to hear your comments. I want to hear what you think. Uh, but I would make a plea, as always, to keep it short and simple. Uh, so let's start now with you, Mr. Lee. So over the years that you've been there and even before. Not many of us here really know about the origins of the TCS. We don't really know what progress is being made. And what is your, what is your mandate? Man mandate? Mandate. Progress, history, and mandate. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, first, first of all, uh, thank you very much for inviting me to this uh, very prestigious think tank. And I'm very pleased to share my uh, some thoughts and pro. Uh, the perspective with regard to trilateral cooperation as well as our organization, uh, trilateral cooperation secretariat, uh, TCS. Um, I presume that some uh, participants here today uh, do not recognize the existence of our organization, uh, TCS. So let me uh, briefly explain uh, how trilateral cooperation secretariat, uh, TCS, has been established and the character and uh, the kind of uh, political, uh, geopolitical and historical implica implication and so on. Um, last September, TCS celebrated the uh, fifth year anniversary. So now we are uh, five years old. And actually, the history of trilateral cooperation started rather earlier than the, our the establishment. Uh, so let me briefly uh, explain about that. Uh, you know, the, uh, almost 18 years ago, um, in year 1999, at the time, three leaders, uh, the Premier the, uh, Jurungji, Prime Minister Obuchi, and President Kim Dae-jung get together uh, in Manila, Philippines, uh, on the sideline of ASEAN Plus 3 meeting, and uh, had a first breakfast, first informal uh, breakfast meeting. That's the actual, the official, official uh, starting point of the uh, uh, history, in the history of trilateral cooperation uh, development. And in the year uh, 2008, this time, uh, the Prime Minister Aso Daro and uh, the President Lee Myung-bak and the Premier Wen Jiabao, uh, they get together once again in Fukuoka in Japan. Uh, uh, in the midst of uh, the global financial crisis. And 2010 is a milestone year, very important, critical, in terms of uh, providing some guideline for the, uh, the, uh, the future direction of trilateral cooperation and uh, uh, presenting with uh, some specific goals to be achieved uh, through our trilateral cooperation by 2020. So this time, uh, the, also, the uh, three leaders, the pre, uh, Prime Minister Hatoyama Yukio and uh, the uh, Premier Wen Zabao, the, the President Lee Myung Ba, uh, met in Jeju Island, Korea, and uh, uh, the discussed uh, and uh, the, uh, declared, declared uh, the, what is called Trilateral Corporation Vision 2020 Statement. Um, so um, the first guideline 
the first, uh, the first guideline is that, uh, uh, simply put, three leaders confirm that their, uh, their remains, uh, there still remains the uh, great room uh, for the uh, development of the uh, trilateral cooperation in promoting exchange of people, goods, service, and capital and uh, in the field of regional and global issues. And second important guideline released at the time is that uh, all three leaders agreed to, um, uh, all three leaders will uh, unswervingly continue to push trilateral relations in the direction of the uh, good neighborliness and mutual trust, mutual benefit, um, comprehensive uh, cooperation or common development or something like that. And they also agreed to establish uh, TCS in order to institutionalize the existing trilateral cooperation in a more integrated way. Uh, so one year later, uh, TCS is officially inaugurated in uh, Seoul, Korea. Uh, so we have three board members with three different nationalities. And uh, uh, now China assumes uh, Secretary General, and we have two Deputy Secretary Generals. But it is actually shared on an equal basis. And uh, uh, the four government officials from three countries uh, dispatched and uh, work here. And what's the character of TCS? Uh, personally, I believe that TCS is characterized by a very unprecedented, unique, uh, neutral, and very future-oriented intergovernmental organization established for the promotion of trilateral cooperation. And what's the uh, implication, uh, historical and uh, geopolitical implication? I personally believe that uh, the establishment of TCS uh, opened a new chapter in the history of Northeast Asia. Uh, why do I think like that? If you uh, look at the map of East Asia, you can find that uh, there exists abundant of multilateral consultative mechanisms such as uh, APEC, ASEAN, EAS, ALF, SARC, uh, just to name a few. But if you turn your eye on Northeast Asia, we can realize that uh, uh, this region has never experimented uh, the permanent uh, multilateral uh, consultative mechanism, not only to deal with uh, some issues of common interest, but also uh, some, uh, the, to resolve some regional conflicts among uh, na neighboring countries. Um, so uh, after uh, five years later, I, I'm very proud and uh, the, uh, I'm proud to say, I'm glad and proud to say that uh, the TCS is beginning to settle down as a substantial uh, focal point. Uh, even if we started with the very limited human resources and small uh, space. But even if TCS worked very hard, uh, the existence of our organization is not widely recognized in the three countries, not only by the government side, but also uh, general public. Uh, we have kind of a structural uh, problem. We don't have mother organization just like uh, uh, EU and ASEAN. Um, and uh, the, uh, our own constitution, uh, neither. 
So TCS can be easily influenced by external political environment. So in some sense, frankly speaking, uh, TCS is still maybe suffering from uh, some kind of the identity crisis. So I st personally, I still remember, keep in mind uh, some uh, advice, former Japanese Prime Minister, uh, the Fukuyama, uh, I forgot his name. Yes, it's good. Uh, Yasuhiro. Yasu. Yasu. Fukuda Yasu. Yasuhiro. Yes. Uh, the uh, advice he gave teachers. Uh, he said, regardless of any kind of political fluctuation or difficulty, teachers only should focus on how to strengthen the trilateral cooperation. Very good, Mr. Lee. Thank you very much for being very honest. And I think Julian would probably recognize the identity crisis bit of what you're saying about the TCS. Uh, but I, before I go to Julian, I do want to ask you a little bit. You said you're proud uh, of, of what you've done. So basically, you're proud because TCS has survived all the different and difficult bilateral issues between the three countries. But what are you doing on, uh, on a more functional uh, aspect? I know that the trade talks are underway to have a JCKFTA. Uh, I guess that has got more traction now that uh, the U.S. is pulling out of the TPP. Uh, there's environmental cooperation. There's, there's disaster relief uh, work that you're doing together. So can you point to some of the areas where there is, despite the big uh, political differences, uh, some kind of cooperation, functional, operational that is underway. The functional. So one of the most important mission given to teachers is to provide uh, the administrative technical support for the operation and management of the existing trilateral uh, mechanism, uh, such as a summit meeting and various ministerial level meeting. Uh, and another the important mandate is to the explore and identify very promising trilateral cooperative projects. And beyond that, uh, collecting some trilateral cooperation related database statistics um, and uh, another important mission is uh, promoting the understanding of trilateral uh, cooperation. So actually, uh, trilateral cooperation, uh, our secretary has uh, three sections. Uh, first, the polit political affairs and economic and social cultural sanctions. As for political sanctions, uh, political sections, uh, the TCS uh, is trying to build up uh, the confidence building measures. Uh, the, uh, sometimes we organize uh, the uh, uh, track 1.5 or track 2 uh, seminar or forum uh, the dealing with uh, uh, you know, the uh, non-traditional security uh, issues such as uh, environment and disaster man management, uh, infectious disease and uh, uh, nuclear safety, uh, cyber security, something like that. Um, as for the uh, economic section, uh, the, we believe that uh, trilateral the economic cooperation or integration is the most important uh, means or vehicle to facilitate uh, uh, trilateral cooperation. So uh, in, at the moment, uh, the CJK, trilateral FTA uh, is uh, uh, playing a very important role. So TCS uh, 
the organize the uh, the this uh, trilateral FTA seminar. Uh, we invited the government officials who is directly involved in the negotiation, and also we invite uh, expert. Uh, so expert uh, actually provide some strategic guideline for the successful conclusion of TCS. Uh, as for social cultural section, we attach the, the great importance to this area uh, because we believe that uh, the most serious uh, obstacle or impediment to prevent from uh, further the cooperation is uh, the, the kind of the, the perception gap Gap. So it is very important to overcome existing uh, the, uh, the perception gap. And so um, TCS organized a journalistic exchange program and the targeting on uh, young generation, uh, we organized uh, young ambassadors program, uh, youth summit, and uh, okay. uh, so, so many programs. So, I cannot, uh, so many programs, but working uh, in a, in a non-political fashion, as it were on trade and, and people to people. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, Julian, uh, listening to what Mr. Lee has said, and he's been very frank about the, let's say, the weaknesses or where uh, TCS is not there yet. Uh, w what are your comments when you listen to this? Do you think this is an organization that the European Union will be engaging with? Um, <clears throat> first off, I know that this gentleman just got off a plane for a one-day meeting just to address you. So I hope that the, any round of applause should be directed to this man in that regard. Um, I would also just I say uh, we're not strangers to the TCS. Um, number one, we're neighbours in Seoul. Our delegation is in the same building as your secretariat. So we have, uh, we have coffees and learn about each other. But we're more than just neighbours in terms of office space. Uh, for us, it's always been a natural fit uh, to have invested in relations with TCS. So we've always been meeting with them, regularly coordinating here in headquarters as well as in in Seoul, um, because while there may be a limit on the, 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 the cooperation, um, it actually is terribly important that the three are meeting. If the EU and its associated structures, OSC um, and NATO, all the linked things that brought Europe together after the war, it is an issue about three people, three groups, coming together for regular discussion. And that's not only the summits, it's actually been 20 ministerials that the TCS has done. Uh, it's actually been uh, over 50 uh, governmental meetings between the three, looking at these sectors. And I, I looked at uh, the sectors when I first took over this, uh, the brief I have. It's pretty much identical to the sectors that we look at inside the EU. They're very much the same. They go through political, they go through security, they go through economic, cultural. So the reach is there. And the fact that their meeting is a value in itself um, uh, another point I would like to highlight is that you talked about the projects, uh, the programs. In fact, there are over, I think, over 100 projects that, the, that you've got going already. So there actually is the investment. Where that goes is up to the three countries themselves to dictate. They'll design and, and pursue it in their own way. But I would say that actually there, there is an, a note that while we learn about the TCS, and I do agree with Shada, it probably is a bit of a first, it certainly is one where we're catching up on something that has actually already got quite a lot of traction and history behind it. So, Julian, taking this forward, and now that you know, we are talking about uh, uh, a secretariat that exists, I mean, you have had and you were sort of uh, spearheading the discussions and contacts with ASEAN. Do you see TCS in any way walking in ASEAN's footsteps, let's say? 
Um, well, it's one of the, the greatest curses of working for one of these things is that uh, when you have a regional corporation thing, everybody thinks you're gonna, it's going to be the copy or the model for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, and I see many of my member state bosses in front of me, they'd say that uh, you better learn from the mistakes as much as the successes. <laughs> um, but it's all about finding your own way forward. And so with great uh, politeness and respect, I would say that it's the three countries will find their own unique way. Um, some of the things are shared, the sectors that the, the politicians want to talk about, uh, so, uh, that some of the, the cooperation will be different. But uh, I feel that the, the, the prospects for it are actually very considerable. Um, I'm not sure it'll be exactly like ASEAN, um, but I think that there are certain comments that you can make. Uh, we want to get into regional cooperation where there is uh, a political will. Um, and that is most obviously within the three on, on easier areas, which may not be so controversial, like trade, like education, like the Deputy Secretary General was just outlining. But there are obvious ones which actually drive us to actually address difficult subjects, because if those subjects are so difficult, they overcome the differences between us because they're so pressing and urgent, they drive us to discuss more difficult subjects. So I certainly wouldn't put, while it's only for me as an outsider, as an observer, uh, as a guest, but I wouldn't take off the table that you might talk about security, given the very united common agenda that the three now have with DPRK, for example. So there are many issues that go beyond the remit. It's for the countries to decide, but I think it's certainly got a rosy future, whether it ends up like ASEAN, like EU, is very much for them to decide. But I think it's the time for that cooperation, and it will be compelling not only on the easier sectors, but perhaps also on the more difficult. Step by step. Actually, Xining, do you think there is a step by step approach to this? And do you think that the, uh, the points that Mr. Lee has made, and Julian as well, about the you know, the fact that they, they're talking, there are meetings, there are discussions, start with the soft, go to the more hard and difficult issues. Is there traction among uh, academics and uh, Northeast Asian uh, experts on, on moving this forward? Do you back this? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, as uh, Ms. Lee mentioned, as actually the uh, TCS is not very popular uh, in Chinese uh, public. Uh, there are also not many uh, reports or news on these issues, uh, but if you look at uh, Chinese academics, especially uh, those working on uh, East Asia or comparative regional integration, so uh, trilateral cooperation always a very important topic. Uh, I still remember we had a, a commission-funded program uh, in 2008, so uh, we call uh, comparative uh, regional integration, uh, the EU and East Asia. So then we had a, a book on uh, China and uh, East Asia uh, economic cooperation or East Asia uh, economic integration. So uh, in 2010, we strongly argued. So uh, uh, without uh, China, Japan, Korean, the uh, trilateral cooperation, there is no future of uh, East, uh, East Asia economic cooperation. So that's, uh, in this sense, it's uh, very important. Uh, I think uh, if we look at uh, uh, two, three years ago, so they're quite uh, progress. Uh, but then there's uh, some problems. So it's uh, partially if we see uh, the problem between China and uh, Japan, and uh, recently the problem between China and the Korean. Uh, it's not only the economic, uh, the, the, the uh, political or security issue, but also if we look at the economic, uh, there also, uh, uh, for the recent years, there are some uh, problems. Uh, if we look at uh, before 2014, 
we always argued with European Union. So EU is number one trade partner of China, but uh, it's less than China's trade with uh, Japan plus South Korea. So we have more trade with uh, the two uh, than the uh, EU28. Uh, but it changed recently. If you look at uh, uh, last year, uh, 2015, 2016, uh, actually uh, the uh, uh, position of uh, Japan and South Korea in China's foreign trade actually is going down. Mm -hmm. So even uh, we know the uh, new uh, statistics uh, from Chinese side for the uh, first month uh, of the foreign trade this year is very good. Uh, so it's the first uh, time since uh, nine years. Uh, January, uh, we had increase of the foreign trade. So uh, before, we always had the decrease. Uh, but if you uh, uh, look at uh, uh, China with uh, South Korea and Japan, it's still not very big. It's still uh, lack than uh, European Union. Even so we see China's uh, exports uh, for the first months. We had more exports to ASEAN than to uh, Japan plus South Korea. Mm -hmm. So there people also worry about this. Uh, there are certain uh, political implications. Uh, it's because of, uh, yeah, but still, people still say we need to do more. So especially uh, uh, there are also the uh, report from the Chinese media about uh, the uh, future uh, trilateral summit. I think there is still a kind of, uh, uh, how to say, the uh, enthusiastic, especially from the academic Mm -hmm. So, from your uh, academic point of view and somebody who's watching the world very carefully, um, Trump's presidency, he's been sending mixed messages. There's been some sort of uh, initially created quite a stir by saying certain things that upset Japan, Korea, and China. Since then, James Mattis, the defense secretary, has reassured Japan and Korea. Relations with China are blow hot and cold. Um, is the Trump presidency and the Trump effect going to sort of de stabilize, do you think, the uh, trilateral uh, initiatives? Uh, yeah, so it seems to me uh, the uh, Trump new administration, actually there's no big change of uh, the U.S. policy towards Northeast Asia. So it's uh, uh, reinforced uh, of the uh, uh, alliance uh, relationship with uh, Japan and uh, South Korea. Uh, it seems uh, from the Chinese side it's nature. So it's only the reconfirmed but not the new thing. Uh, China also realized that actually Japan and South Korea are a military alliance uh, of uh, uh, the United States. Uh, so I don't think there's uh, uh, the, yeah, so people also argued in terms of the trilateral cooperation. Uh, American factor is a factor, but uh, not a major factor. The major factor actually is depends on uh, three countries themselves. Uh, how, yeah, the three can work together. Before we talk about uh, new, uh, the Trump administration's uh, the, uh, strategy toward East Asia, uh, we needed need to look at the basic U.S. strategy uh, in this area. Uh, actually, U.S. basic strategy um, in, uh, in this area is uh, uh, one, on the one hand to engage China and uh, the, uh, to hedge uh, the against the China or against North Korea on the other hand. 
Actually, in this region, there are uh, two triangles. The first, U.S., um, the, the Japan, uh, the Korea, is actually uh, to hedge against uh, and uh, the uh, the against China or North Korea. This seems to be very instrumental. But we have another second triangle, uh, what is called CJK, our trilateral cooperation. This is uh, very much more of engagement. Uh, so um, the. I think the uh, how to correlate uh, these between these two triangles uh, determine the future of our uh, the uh, trilateral cooperation. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm going to open the floor to questions and comments from yourselves because I think you must have some very interesting questions. I can keep asking questions. Julian, do you want to come in on this at this point? No. Okay. So uh, we have the honor also of having among us the ambassador of Japan who is the ambassador of Japan here uh, since six months, but he's also played initially, I think, quite an important role, sir, uh, Kotama-san, in uh, the TCS, the beginnings of the first summit. So perhaps you can uh, share with us a few of your uh, insights. Bo, would you please bring the... Uh, and please, in the meantime, could I ask all of you to start thinking also in terms of questions and comments, sir? Thank you. It's on? Yes. Uh, thank you, Shada. Uh, thank you very much, uh, well, Friends of Europe, for uh, organizing this, uh, well, excellent, I think, um, panel discussion. And also, especially, I would like to um, appreciate uh, um, my sincere appreciation to Deputy Secretary General of TCS, uh, Mr. Lee, coming all the way from Seoul to attend this meeting alone. I think thank you very much. And Professor Son, uh, representing the Chinese point of view, and of course, uh, Mr. Wilson, uh, well, sharing your view on, well, maybe European Union's view on TCL. Thank you very much. Um, well, yes, um, I would just, um, well, I feel a little bit awkward uh, that uh, no one from Japan is, uh, is a member of this uh, panel discussion. But I, I'm, uh, since um, I represent the Japanese government here in Brussels, and also, as you mentioned, indeed, uh, when the very first uh, trilateral summit meeting was held in Japan, as uh, uh, Mr. Um, the Lee mentioned in Fukuoka, Kyushu, I was the Japanese government spokesperson accompanying my prime minister, Mr. Aso. So I experienced uh, everything. Uh, the very first historic um, uh, summit meeting. And then as you, you kind of reminded me of the 2010, I think, Cheju also summit. I was there. So, uh, well, I, I could testify to all of you that what it's like. Number one, I think, um, first of all, uh, I want to also emphasize that, the, give you the figures that um, the, our combined GDP total, three countries total over the global GDP uh, is about 20% or 20 plus percentage. So um, indeed, that is a very huge uh, weight, you see. And so we feel that the uh, enhancing the trilateral cooperation amongst the three will be conducive, of course, to the prosperity and also to the peace of the, of the global community. That's number one. And then also, as you also mentioned, I think we are, I think, um, we are not simply focusing on this trilateral cooperation alone. No, not at all. I think in the, in the region, Asia-Pacific region or in the East Asia region, as you know, most of you know that I think there are multi-layered cooperation mechanisms. To say that, of course, ASEAN, of course, ASEAN 10 leads this way. ASEAN uh, continues to play a role of a driver's role in promoting a regional, 
a cooperation in the region. Now we have ASEAN plus three, meaning involving China, uh, Korea, and Japan, and also EAS, East Asia Summit, uh, involving plus also, um, well, the now USA, Australia, New Zealand, India, Russia, I think, uh, 18, and then also ASEAN Regional Forum, also APIC, and so on. So we think, of course, this trilateral mechanism, of course, uh, is a part of this whole multi-layered, I think, efforts. And number three, of course, um, as you, um, of course, um, well, we, as we all know, you know that, um, um, well, I want to just uh, uh, mention uh, uh, that this is not, not simply a functional cooperation, no. I think we are certainly mindful of promoting a political cooperation. And of course, as Mr. Wilson said, indeed, for three countries, the, the, the most imminent danger, imminent threat, of course, comes from our neighbor, DPRK. So indeed, uh, how to address the, the challenges posed by North Korea has remained one of the top priority agenda item being discussed by our foreign ministers, three, and also our summit leaders mm -hmm. to date. And, but now, I think, most specifically, I think I want to um, just you know, um, uh, finish my um, well, intervention sharing with you what, what actually was agreed upon in August last year. Yeah. I think uh, uh, our foreign ministers met. Uh, uh, I think uh, the meeting was held in Tokyo because last year Japan was the presidency of this uh, trilateral uh, cooperation. Uh, August the 24th, um, very shortly, um, we, the two ministers, foreign ministers, acknowledge uh, the steady progress in trilateral cooperation in various areas, the current status and the future directions of space cooperation in the following areas are, you know, making progress. Number one, um, the uh, environment, yes, disaster management. Number three, youth exchange and the economy. On disaster management, of course, uh, the efforts in the trilateral heads of government agency meeting on disaster management was uh, being uh, made, and also, indeed, interesting enough, trilateral tabletop exercise. Tabletop exercise on disaster management was also conducted. That's also a very tangible, I would say, granular progress being made. Number two, on environment. Uh, I think um, the tripartite tri environment minister's meeting was held in Japan in April last year, and then agreed to broaden a, a, a trilateral cooperation in this area. Number three, youth exchange, yes. Uh, I think we all agree that the importance of promoting mutual exchanges, uh, uh, you know, um, amongst the youth, students, high school, ju junior high or university students, I think also uh, maybe youngsters. And then fourthly, of course, the, um, the economy. Uh, this is also, I just want to emphasize, I think, indeed, we have been undertaking what you call the, again, as Mr. Lee said, trilateral FTA, free trade agreement amongst Japan, ROK, and China. Is being, we have been negotiating for some time. And then on top of that, of course, I have to say that RCEP, a regional co comparative economic partnership, so-called RCEP, uh, you know, negotiation, mean involving ASEAN 10 plus 3 plus Australia, New Zealand, India, 16 countries. Uh, finally, if you know, RCEP is you know, uh, included, I would say RCEP uh, economy's market share uh, would be 22, I think, uh, 2.2, uh, sorry, 22 trillion, you see? So that means over 30% of global market share 
is, is, is you know, occupied by the RCEP economies. So all in all, I want to, to just to, uh, uh, my final comment is, yes, this is making progress. And also, I think I want to emphasize, whatever bilateral issues we have, you know, to date, I think our position remains the same from the very beginning. We have to do our level best to find a, 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 a cooperation amongst the three, I think, in a positive manner. That's, uh, with that kind of spirit, um, uh, nothing can be made as of today, but I asked Tokyo when uh, Japan can host the next round of summit meeting. Um, nothing is decided, but uh, we'll continue to our best to organize, host it uh, this year in Japan. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, indeed, Ambassador. Uh, and, you know, we did try very hard to get a German, uh, Japanese academic. We tried very hard. It just didn't prove, uh, pr uh, it didn't work out this time around. But thank you very much. So very strong economic drivers for this, but also historical and bilateral disputes that remain uh, quite an important, I would say, uh, stumbling block at the moment. So I, I'd like now to get questions and comments from uh, other people. May I also uh, proactively ask Hosok to please comment a little bit on the, uh, on the trilateral trade uh, FTA that's going on. But I give you five minutes to prepare yourself, Hosok. So let's take the questions. The gentleman over here, uh, Wolfgang, gentleman over there, and then I'll turn to Hosok. Uh, please just identify yourselves. Well, my name is uh, Nikki Just, and I'm a personal assistant at the Danish representation to the European Union. And uh, in my private time as a student, I was focusing a lot on the northeastern area and writing about North Korea especially. Um, I think we all agree that this area will be a major uh, power hotspot in the future, both economically, politically, uh, culturally. Um, but my question is basically that now we see Trump uh, as a U.S. president, as a part of sort of a movement we have seen with, for example, Brexit, uh, Holland, uh, Netherlands with Wilders, France, Marine Le Pen, a growing nationalism, especially in the Western world. And my question is, are you worried that this might transcend into, well, that depends on your political opinion, of course, but that this will transcend and move into Northeast Asia and sort of lead back to an old-school uh, power political opinion among the population so that, you know, a two-rattle cooperation won't be possible anymore because of the tensions that has been going on among the people, and especially to also towards North Korea, of course. <laughs> right. Thank you. Very, very pertinent question. I'll, I'll take a, a couple of more questions and then turn to the panel. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Um, my name is Wolfgang Papp. I'm now associated with SEPS here in Brussels, formerly with the Commission. Uh, I'm very much interested in the trilateral as such. If you have three partners, it's always difficult to say, isn't there one closer to the other? There's always a third partner, which might be a little bit offside, particularly in the context of the so-called Asian paradox, which means there's a difference at the business level uh, compared to the political level. And we see particularly in the trilateral here, much more tension at political level than at business level. It was mentioned already the FTA is advancing to a certain degree, but at political level it's very difficult to have a summit, for instance. It's obvious. So uh, Abe Suri and the uh, presidents of Korea and uh, China not easily come together. And I wonder, this closer relationship between Korea and China, for instance even including North Korea here, 
doesn't that have an impact vis-a-vis -vis Japan that Japan might feel as an outsider? Knowing a little bit about Japan, Japan is an island country. and It's not only the history of Sakoko, the isolation in the past and all that. Japan always feels unique. And isn't that a problem in a cooperation if one country feels unique and the other two are working together easily? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh Good questions to put to them. Though I have read that sometimes in the region it's easier to meet at the trilateral level than it is at the bilateral level. So that's something <laughs> that's worth keeping in mind. There was a question at the back. Yes, please. Thank you. Itesanim annyeong hasimika. Bangapsumnida. Europe yonabaikogon bexotonmnida. I'm very pleased to be here. Uwe Wissenbach is my name. I used to work in the delegation in Korea. Uh, when, back, when your office moved in, <laughs> so we were there actually uh, on the first day uh, uh, when TCS was uh, was taking up its uh, job, and uh, I um, we we invited uh, your colleagues at the time to come to the to visit the EU and all that. So I think it's uh, as Julian has said, it's a great initiative. Um, but sometimes you get the feeling that uh, it has been set up against all odds uh, because politically speaking. Uh, um, there is very little backing for trilateral cooperation apart from, let's say, the functional cooperation. When you look at what happened even since the creation of TCS, summits have been postponed several times because of bilateral tensions. Uh, meetings haven't taken place and so on. So I, I think it is uh, very brave uh, to actually uh, do uh, this cooperation in, in, in practice because unlike the EU and many other uh, organizations, you, you sometimes have the impression that the politicians in the countries concerned are doing their best to put the differences ahead of all the common interests. Uh, so I think you're, you're fighting a bit of an uphill struggle in, in the cooperation aspect of things. So that, that I think deserves pretty strong encouragement from everyone. Um, this being said, a couple of questions. Um, when, when the TCS started, it didn't actually have really a secretarial function in the sense that it was always the host country uh, that would sort of do the agendas and the minutes of meetings would be done separately by every country. Is that changing? Has that changed or is it, is it still the same? Uh, second, um, how do you see the um, uh, free trade agreement developing? I mean, I can remember that there was an academic study on, on trilateral free trade for many years. Then there was, before they even decided to convene the officials to talk about it in, in very, uh, you know, informal ways, actually. And how deep can this actually be? Do we, are you optimistic that this will yield some real results uh, in, in, in improving um, a trade beyond what's already there, despite uh, the fact that there is no free trade agreement? Thank you. Any more? <laughs> uh, yeah, just one, one little final. one, because Campus Asia used to be the big flagship, flagship pro project, a bit like an Erasmus thing. Uh, is that still going on, and, and how, how have been the results? Because I think the, the work with the young people in universities is, is very promising for, for one of the big issues that divides these countries, which are perceptions about history. And school um, books. Yep. Thank you very much indeed. So uh, let me go back to the panel, and then I'll open the floor uh, with Hosok coming in first and then other questions and comments from yourselves. So, uh, Mr. Lee, please. So as for the first question, the future new uh, U.S. administration's uh, foreign policy toward East Asia, I, uh, the, I think there might be uh, some uh, the 
possible options. Um, we cannot assume uh, exactly at the moment, but uh, the, I think um, there may be three options. Maybe maintain the current status quo, or uh, maybe more assertive. And then uh, we cannot rule out the possibility uh, completely that uh, there may be uh, some um, shift from uh, the current the hub and spoke the uh, model based on the uh, bilateral relations with the United States uh, to the more or, or the network oriented uh, the um, model so uh, the 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 it's really uh, unpredictable at the moment, uh, but uh, the, uh, we have to wait and see how the U.S. the, the policy toward this area uh, can be uh, the substantiated. And the uh, second question. Hey, can I just uh, interrupt you one? Because I think the question was uh, about uh, uh, nationalisms in, in the region, but even even if the U.S. Uh, uh, is uh, is you know undecided yet, do you think that? the U.S. could actually divide the region more than bring the three countries together? As I told you, U.S. Uh, the basic strategy in this, in this region is one side engage China, mm-hmm. on the other side hedge against China. Right. So, but uh, I think these two triangles, as I mentioned, doesn't have to be necessarily collide or compete each other. Uh, in the big picture, this triangle us meet each other and they uh, converged into more grand strategy, something like that. Right, right. Please go on. Mm. And uh, regarding the trilateral relations, while I'm working for TCS for the last three and a half years, I came to realize once again that uh, uh, our trilateral, corp- CJK trilateral corp- relations is really very uh, sensitive, complicated, subtle, and delicate. Uh, let me give on one example. While we are talking about uh, the three countries talking about uh, historical territorial issue, then Korea and Japan become one like-minded countries. Uh, Korea and uh, China become uh, one like-minded countries, keeping away from uh, Japan. So uh, Japan is not so happy. But just immediately after North Korea's uh, provocative actions, uh, then the general atmosphere has totally uh, changed. At this time, uh, Korea and Japan, uh, maybe with the United States at the center, uh, very closely uh, the, uh, working, uh, discussing, and coordinating how to uh, strengthen the, uh, uh, toward Northeast Asia. Uh, so uh, I think it's uh, very interesting. Uh, in some sense, uh, the... Um, uh, trilateral the relations is actually based on bilateral relations. So we are uh, the uh, TCS trilateral corpora- corporation is maybe suffering from one broken leg because of the comfort woman issue uh, between Korea and uh, the Japan. But in the wake of North Korea's provocative actions, uh, we may be suffering from uh, another broken leg because uh, over, over the, the deployment of a thought between China and Korea. Uh, uh, so um, so the, uh, in the short-term short term basis, uh, the, uh, the, the future prospect of trilateral cooperation is not so bright. 
But uh, from the long, mid to long term perspective, uh, as just uh, uh, before I mentioned, uh, the, this area uh, has great potential yet to be tapped. Thank you very much. Julian, do you want to comment? Okay. Um, I think part of that first question was actually what's the future of the EU? <laughs> um, I shall act like I didn't really hear it and won't answer it, I think, because it's a, a little bit above my pay grade. But I would, um, would like to make a, a comment. Uh, when we look at regional cooperation, we've got to have a long-term perspective. Um, and that's why, actually, I feel very positive about the advances made by your own organization. Uh, and I'll return to that a bit of sort of the downplaying of achievements. I think they're actually very significant. When you look at this as an exercise of decades, it's reversing history that's gone over thousands of years. It's unnatural for three, uh, three individual countries, or 28, to come together. It's, uh, you work in it. It's, it's, it's a bit of a babel of, of confusion, of, of, of competing demands. But the point is, it's better to jaw than war. So remember the number of meetings and coming together by three countries who otherwise wouldn't, thanks to the TCS. The second is that we shouldn't think about us guiding everything. One of the greatest mistakes coming from the private sector and, uh, is that I've actually seen that, in fact, the governments tend to oversee and overthink their own importance. In fact, what's driving this are private individuals. Interestingly, I counted the numbers of tourists. There are 20 million tourists flying between those three countries already. They're doing it every year because they want to, not because we sit here and come, or you work in, in South Korea and, and there's a decision. It's happening because the three countries wish to cooperate. And that, along with education and those things, have proven in Europe to be the things that break down generationally the barriers that our fathers felt more than the sons and the grandchildren. And a, a last thing about it is that you will have ebbs and flows. And there is the closest I would get to an answer on the EU, which would be very inappropriate for me to answer, to, to delve in more deeply. But you have to view it as a garden. You know, when I look at the, the, the history that I was brought up in, we had the first 20 years of six countries being relatively comfortable together, but it was all a bit modest. And then we enlarged and, and frightened each other in the 70s. And so we oh, we better stop doing any of that. So we put it a bit in the freezer. And then we realized that it was a great opportunity. So we had a great period of expansion with the euro, with, with, uh, uh, with accession. And now we're having a period of, of, of consolidation. So, well, hang on, that might have overreached. It's natural for there to be growth, for there to be then a period of calm, and then a period actually just over winter where you just let it rest and you return to it. And that's a very natural aspect to evolution of regional cooperation that I would expect to see in the TCS in that region as well. On the aspect of economics, I actually do think that this is already powering ahead. We talk about Japan and the links. But actually, there may be problems of linkages in some aspects, but the depth of the economic links between Japan and Korea and Japan and, and China, they're going on anyway. And that is actually what fired the basis and still is the, the core product of the European Union. Why it keeps working is that single market. So that is actually happening as we speak, whether we like it or not. Uh, between these three countries, and that is a great success, and it will drive its own way, just like the, the university cooperation I was just hearing from you, Professor. It's, it's driving between China and the European <coughs> Union. It's just like it's driving between the three countries. As a last thing, just in terms of the scale of what we're talking about, it is excellent that Asia finds its own way to come together. The power of the statistics given by the ambassador, I think, speak for themselves. Here's another one. Those three, each coming together with existing... Free trade, free trade agreement with uh, South Korea, 
uh, one hopefully to be ready this year with Japan, with an investment agreement on the horizon with China, we would be talking there of linking what would effectively be 47% of the world's GDP between those three economies and the EU. Now, that is the scale of, of economic opportunity that we're talking about, from which I truly believe grow all the other aspects of positive cooperation. Thank you very much. It's, a, it's an upbeat outlook, and I think a, a very valid one that we need to air here in this, in this room at this time, especially. Thank you, Julian. So, Xuning, um, is, is, it, is Julian right when he says that uh, trade and investment networks, the economic drivers, could actually help to sidestep the historical grievances? Is that something that is happening, can happen? Uh, yes, uh, many people hope uh, to have this. So we have more uh, integrated econ economy than uh, it can uh, gradually solve the uh, political problem. So, but, uh, you know, uh, if we look at, as I mentioned, so uh, the recent years, actually, uh, uh, we had, uh, the China has a problem with uh, both uh, Japan and South Korea. So the South Korean also the uh, SARS -E problem. Uh, actually, uh, uh, the economic, uh, we, we ha now we have also the economic problem. Uh, so as I mentioned, that's uh, actually uh, uh, China's trade, China's economic uh, ties with uh, the uh, two neighbors uh, is uh, a little bit uh, getting down. So uh, uh, that's also, I think, uh, people's worry about this. Uh, but actually, I think... Uh, uh, we always talk about uh, the uh, trilateral relations uh, uh, related to the uh, TPP. So uh, when TPP is there, so uh, there's arguments uh, in China, we have also the argument. Uh, for China, it should be a speed up the uh, trilateral uh, relations or trilateral FTA. If China has FTA with any, uh, everyone uh, as a member of the uh, TPP, uh, actually TPP is uh, not a problem for China. Uh, so because we have the uh, TPP with, uh, uh, we, we have uh, FTA with uh, South Korea and with uh, uh, Australia and New Zealand with uh, ASEAN. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's uh, one argument. Uh, but uh, so, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's the uh, United States there. Uh, but now uh, uh, the new uh, phenomena, so people will also argue because they were strong uh, of the United States from the TPP. So for China, uh, it's not a problem. I think the problem is uh, Japan and South Korea. Uh, so without the United States, actually, it's uh, TPP, uh, how to uh, look at the TPP. Uh, but then I think it also provides a new opportunity for China, Japan, and South Korea to economically to work more closely to have this. Uh, uh, Ambassador also mentioned about uh, uh, RCEP. Yeah, so uh, as uh, I mentioned before, ma many Chinese also argue that uh, without uh, 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 closed uh, economic cooperation among three, so uh, there is no chance for uh, East Asia economic uh, cooperation and no chance for uh, uh, EC, uh, R RCEP. Okay, thank you very much. I think uh, the ambassador wants a quick uh, answer and then I'll turn to Hosok from ISAIP. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, Ambassador, go ahead. And then I'll yes, uh, sorry, uh, just um, I want to make two points. One is that um, year 2015 or 2016, I can tell you education minister's meeting in Seoul, uh, environment minister meeting in Japan, financial minister's meeting, finance minister meeting in, in, in actually this was, uh, yes, uh, and then in Frankfurt, Germany, 
when three finance ministers met uh, to attend the G, maybe G20, or G, uh, and then also logistics ministers meeting in Guangzhou in China and so on. So I just want to tell you, please don't make any mistake. The trilateral a functional cooperation has been making steady progress. On the other hand, the issue, of course, remains that the, at the level of summit leaders, uh, because of, yes, uh, some of the bilateral issues, it has been very difficult. But also, I, I have a record here, but um, uh, November uh, 2015, just about one year ago, I think uh, in Seoul, the, uh, the uh, summit meeting, the sixth round summit meeting was held. And then on that occasion, I'm very happy to tell you, the, uh, one of the, the, um, uh, the outcome uh, of the meeting was that indeed our leaders uh, reconfirmed that a regular summit meeting must be held. We have to restore the process back on track. That was agreement, you see. And so um, things are making progress. But my final point is, yes, um, the... Uh, well, again, as okay, I, I, can't, I couldn't, can't agree with uh, Mr. Wilson more on, on his final last uh, intervention. That okay, this is a, a trilateral approach. Is also, as Shad uh, mentioned, that I think, you know, well, in a way, it's it's a very clever way of overcoming, or maybe I wouldn't I don't want to say use the word sidestepping bilateral issues. But somehow, I think while confronted with the bilateral issues, still we can make progress for the good of. Not only the three countries, but for the whole uh, the you know region. My final point on RCEP, also trilateral FTA, simple. Uh, we all agree that we have to uh, aim at an ambitious, high quality agreement. We can easily always agree if we are happy with a rather low level agreement. But that's not we should that's not we should we should accept you see so so what is required now is a real political will from all three member states and then also RCEP, of course we have to ask India to come forward come on board so these are the real issues thank you thank you very much uh, Mr Lee do you want to quickly uh, uh, let me just add uh, some few words based on the ambassador's remarks. Uh, many people are wondering the, what is the real essence of trilateral cooperation. Essence of trilateral cooperation. I believe that uh, the, the high complementarities and great potential yet to be tapped. So that's the reason. Uh, during the last summit meeting, three leaders agreed uh, uh, they will um, make a full use, full use of this, um, the high complementarities and great potential and to bring to a higher level uh, the, our cooperation. Uh, in this regard, CZ, uh, trilateral FTA is a very important means to upgrade uh, our current level of cooperation. CZ, our trilateral FTA has uh, four objectives. First, the, uh, revitalize the, uh, the, uh, the current intra-regional trade ratio. So currently, uh, uh, our ratio is uh, 19%. Uh, but uh, the remains very low comparing with uh, NAFTA, uh, EU's 65 and NAFTA's uh, 42, something like that. Uh, secondly, uh, promote promote uh, the FDI flow, and uh, uh, number three, the uh, raise raise uh, the competitiveness in service sector, and uh, number four, uh, kind of the pave the way for domestic restructuring. So, um, as Ambassador mentioned, uh, the uh, three leaders uh, the, uh, agreed uh, make, make further effort 
uh, toward the, the acceleration uh, of this trilateral FTA to realize uh, the uh, comprehensive and uh, the high level and the mutually beneficial trilateral FTA. So uh, three countries already uh, completed 10 rounds of negotiation, uh, but the conclusion itself is not so important as Ambassador mentioned. To, yeah, to reach higher level, comprehensive and mutually beneficial is a really important target three countries are going to achieve. Thank you very much, Mr. Lee. So uh, my friend and colleague Hosuk from ISAIP uh, is also in the audience, and he is really a specialist on uh, FTAs and uh, trade agreements. So I was wondering, Hosuk, if you could just give us a short comments on where you think realistically. We've heard the uh, Deputy mm. Director, Secretary General, we've heard the Ambassador, etc. Where do you think things are at? Uh, thank you so much uh, for um, asking me to speak. Uh, I'll come with my revenge at some point, but um, I was actually ready to grab my microphone when you mentioned my name. I didn't need five minutes because actually I come to Friends of Europe events to learn, so I have very little to contribute. So basically my reactions were very knee-jerk uh, and instinctive rather than anything else. And uh, I'm also afraid that the only reason I'm asked to say a few words is because actually I'm of, I'm of um, Korean-Japanese origin, and um, and the Swedes taught me trade, so that's probably the only link. Sweden, I have. Sweden. Yes, of course, <laughs> and um, that's how you end up a free trader in the Brussels. But in short, um, one thing that struck me is the linkage between trade and security, that which is something that a lot of audiences in Europe do, and which you don't necessarily do in this region, and something that is quite um, striking is actually the, um, the triangular triangula triangulation and the three-party cooperation is not necessarily the instrumentation to the region's economic problems because many of the problems and issues are actually mostly bilateral, which is also the case in terms of security. So I think it's very important to bear in mind that TCS is an entity of its own. It's actually much more about the process rather than actual problem solving or the institution. This is not a market liberalization exercise and it's not a bifunction of such and that's very important to bear in mind. The European experience have actually relatively little bearing on the three-party corporation. And CJK was mentioned, uh, the uh, three-party FTA and from my perspective, I'm less than optimistic about this outlook, partly because of the bilateral nature of the trading relationship. And the key determinant in the future CJK was actually Korea. It was not the big China or Japan. Uh, partly because CJK made sense for Japan and China from many analysts' point of view, but necessary f not from Korea, which has a direct bilateral relationship as an exporting interest toward China, whereas it couldn't actually, it wasn't really not interested in opening up in Japan because the market access turned out to be very difficult and also from a competitive perspective. It's mainly a buyer of parts from Japan. So companies like Samsung and Hyundai is actually importing a large quantity of R&D and the components from Japan. And you don't need an FTA to solve those kind of problems, especially not a three-party FTA. 
And then comes the question about the Trump presidency uh, or the Trump regime, as I heard someone say today uh, in the corridors. And I think it's a much bigger problem for the United, actually for the United States and Europe than actually for the three countries that we are talking about here, because these countries are highly accustomed to a transactional economic diplomacy under Republican leadership. Uh, if you look at the, um, the eras where actually the, um, the bilateral relationship between U.S. and China has prospered economically, it has largely been under Republican leadership, starting from Nixon. Uh, transactional trade policy and economic diplomacy is something that Europe does very, very poorly. But this is something that comes as a default for the at least Japan and China. So in that sense, actually striking a deal with the United States, whatever that may be, actually comes easier than, let's say, a presidency is circled around, let's say, values and future economic threats. Uh, Short-term deals are much easier. And I think... Final what, point. Now, yeah, final please? point. Um, very important point here is I think Japan is looking at the post-TPP strategy that is mainly looking to China uh, as a bilateral problem. China, on the other hand, needs to set down its foot in terms of leadership. It will it choose RCEP, TPP, or TISA, or EUFTA as an avenue forward. And that's not a major issue that can be solved within the three parties. It's only relevant in one context. It's RCEP. If you are going to have an RCEP, you need to have a CJK in place. If you're going to have a CJK in place, you need to have the Korea-Japan relationship. All the other relationship can be solved, right. but not that relationship, which is going to be outstanding. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for those uh, insights and uh, expert point of view. Um, yes, uh, please, yes, I'll take questions. So the lady over here, please. Yeah. Hello. Uh, my name is Wei Nianghu, Associate Researcher at the Law Faculty of VUB. I would like to say a few words on the update of the trilateral FTA. Actually, the 11th round of negotiation was just completed last month. And from China's point of view, I saw the statement from Mofcon that the three parties aim to conclude an FTA uh, which will be comprehensive, deep, and beneficial. And from China's point of view, I see that uh, it's very encouraging to see that China further departed from its uh, usual FTA pattern, which is tariff reduction-based. And this is also a good sign after China-Korea FTA, where China made the very precise commitment, not just a best endeavor kind of commitment, where both sides have a very detailed schedule for upgrading and for further negotiation of the present present uh, terms of reference of the FTA. And on the EU-China FTA, because uh, 
uh, together with SEPS and uh, the World Trade Institute, I did a, a EU-China FTA study where uh, we researchers were very worried between the gaps between um, the, of the gaps between China and EU because for the EU the ingredients are two, which are comprehensive and deep, and on the China side is usually just tariff reduction. But uh, we see that uh, China is moving up to the deep and comprehensive side of the FTA. So maybe, yeah, I think uh, trilateral FTA will be concluded also very soon, and uh, then China will be... Uh, on the other hand, China is actually king to any FTA because China always wants to have uh, external pressure to push its domestic reforms. So I think China is very keen to have a trilateral FTA with both countries. Too. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, that's what I like about Friends of Europe conferences. There's so much expertise, not just in the panel, on the panel, but also among all of you. So thank you for that insight as well. Sir, please. Uh, can I have the microphone? Thank you. Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is Errol Levy. I work for the European External Action Service. Um, I have a question for the panelists regarding the um, security um, relationship and uh, situation in, in East Asia. Um, the trilateral cooperation does not center around security issues, but is, of course, sensitive to them. Uh, and so my question is related to um, the pro recent provocative actions by the DPRK. Um, as a result of those actions, uh, <clears throat> the People's Republic have um, announced strengthened uh, sanctions uh, with respect to uh, coal exports from DPRK. So I'd, I'd like to ask the panelists as to how they see that uh, influencing the dynamic and the, the environment for, for the trilateral cooperation and indeed for other re important relationships, for example, between China and the United States and, and between the trilateral partners in the United States. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm happy to take uh, one, more, uh, one more question, so please. Uh... My name is Johannes Voss. I'm a former Council of Ministers official. Just uh, two small questions. The, uh, I, there is some worry about increasing uh, Chinese naval power in the whole region. Is there a, a cooperation, information on that in your mechanism? And is there a kind of alert uh, system that in case it would go out of hand? My second question is, uh, are you turning now more to the European Union with the uncertainty in the Trump uh, area? Thank you very much. Uh, anyone else have a, have a question for our panelists or a uh, quick comment? Okay. So let's turn now. Uh, Mr. Lee, would you like to answer some of the points that were made? Uh, immediately after Brexit, uh, the um, EU um, the, the announced, announced a new global strategy, foreign and security policy, and uh, High Representative uh, Mogherini defined the current situation as uh, the existential crisis beyond, uh, within and beyond Europe. I believe that uh, uh, this can be exactly be applied to the uh, situation in Northeast Asia. Uh, uh, just we, before we talk about the North Korea's uh, the provocation, uh, the, some experts are deeply worried about that. Uh, the, this region is uh, is regarded as one of the most unpredictable 
um, the uh, the likely likely uh, the uh, for military uh, clash or conflict, uh, something like that. Um, uh, and beyond that, this is dark side of our trilateral cooperation. But uh, the, we also have a very bright side. Uh, uh, just mentioned uh, in terms of GDP and trade volume, as uh, uh, the total share of our countries combined is more than 20 percent. So it is very important to cultivate this uh, the uh, potential. Uh, and if, in case. This potential can be realized to the fullest, uh, then I think uh, this region uh, may be emerging as the largest economic bloc and uh, um, they provide us uh, the huge, the enormous opportunity. So uh, always uh, we need to uh, see two aspects the, uh, here in the Northeast Asia, uh, dark and black side. So uh, we need, we need to minimize some uh, existing conflict and also, at the same time, maximize the great potential yet to tap. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, so uh, in terms of the uh, uh, FTA, so, uh, I agree that uh, China is quite uh, enthusiastic uh, to have uh, any kind of FTA with others. Uh, I think basically... Uh, uh, now China has only uh, 14 FTA with others. Uh, there are several under negotiation. Uh, there are also some uh, renegotiation to upgrade. Uh, so I think for China, so two major uh, elements for this. Uh, first, uh, I agree that's a very important. Uh, like China access to WTO, China has the uh, FTA with others. It's, uh, it's a very important uh, uh, tool uh, for domestic for domestic reform. Uh, that's always uh, like this. Uh, and another thing is also uh, to show to the outside world, China actually is favors to the uh, free trade. So we know the uh, uh, Xi Jinping's uh, uh, speech in uh, uh, Davos. So people compare Xi Jinping and, 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 and Trump. Say, oh, actually Trump is a communism and uh, uh, Xi Jinping is a capitalism. So uh, it's a very interesting. That's also a kind of uh, uh, thing for this. Uh, in terms of the uh, security issue, so uh, I think uh, uh, the trilateral one actually is not a problem. Uh, so existing uh, framework is there. Uh, basically depends on uh, the United States. Uh, so uh, as I mentioned, that's actually the American policy in the security issue in this region actually is not changed. So for China, uh, uh, actually, it's, uh, I think uh, uh, the Foreign Minister Wang Yi uh, in uh, Munich uh, Security uh, Conference also mentioned that the, the uh, current international order is still play very uh, positive role. That also means China has no intention to change that. Uh, it's not only the international, but also uh, uh, China is also uh, uh, like to keep the status quo of the uh, North Sea region. So uh, it's uh, true that's the major problem actually is the North Korea. North Korean probably now is the biggest uh, headache for China. Uh, so how to deal with uh, North Korea? So uh, because there's a treaty there, uh, still uh, uh, function. So if uh, people argue that so, uh, uh, United States uh, military invades uh, North Korea, how China should move according to the uh, treaty. So we have the uh, legal uh, 
uh, obligation to protect uh, uh, North Korean, uh, as what American does to Japan and South Korea. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, I think, China would not like to change uh, the current situation. Uh, so that's also people argued. So uh, uh, not always uh, pay attention to the uh, bilateral problem between China and Japan, China and uh, uh, South Korea. So uh, we need to uh, pay more attention to the uh, 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 trilateral uh, cooperation. Uh, but that also refers to uh, uh, one question related to this is uh, nationalism. Yeah, so it's also nationalism in China is very strong. Uh, so uh, that's, I think, also the reason why the Chinese media not uh, uh, put lots of news on trilateral. Yeah, so it's easy to uh, attract attention to the public about the problem. So there, uh, people also argue the Chinese uh, uh, media, on the one hand, controlled by the government, on the other hand, uh, too much influenced by the uh, Western way to report more negative things. <laughs> right, not there yet on fake news then? Okay. Uh, Julian, some final thoughts? Um, yeah, there's a... I was thinking one of the first things to just say is we, we talk about the fact that TCS cooperation between the three hasn't translated into political um, uh, structures and strength. And it was coming back, it somehow is that's a weakness. In fact, it's just actually the Asian model. It's the Asian side designing it in a different way. There is a definite idea that we will not take deepening economic, and we will not make a political decision, which then leads to greater economic integration. It'll be economic integration, and then we'll see what to do with it afterwards. But it still doesn't affect the fact that the countries and the businesses and the people are so deeply intertwined. So that's the, the difference, and I think it's very important to have raised it. So it's not a criticism, it's just different. Um, and it does have a fantastic power. The second is that I'd have thought any of the recent political changes that are going on, sometimes they're dead scary, sometimes they feel you don't want to turn on the radio to see what's happened in the last 24 hours. But equally, these are all opportunities. Certainly in 10 years' time, we will look back on it, and some of us will have made... Uh, advances and use these as opportunities to, to move things forward. Now, I think, therefore, the TPP, I'd be very surprised if countries have advanced on it so much that they just drop it. I think there are many advantages to actually continue something that's already cooked three quarters in the oven. Even if somebody's just taken out one of the tomatoes, maybe the dish is still worth eating. The other part is that FTAs, it's important point to think about ambition. And I think that it's quite meaningless to have FTAs without ambition. And that point was a recurring theme here. And we must get past that point. Everybody wants free trade. It's a bit like motherhood and apple pie. It's the easiest thing for every one of us in this room to agree to. The hardest thing is to agree that it, you have to give up your standard on how a tire should look or how yogurt's safety should be get guaranteed for consumers and agree to a common standard. And yet that is the issue that will decide between the three and between ourselves and Korea already in place, Japan and others. Um, I think that... Um, I would sort of stop there with, with one last uh, point in about DPRK. Um, we perceive this to be one of the greatest threats that we you know, currently are facing in the world. This is not something between the three countries. Um, it is something that we perceive and we talk about with Korea, with China and uh, with Japan a great deal. Um, one of the issues we would like to do is work much more closely with China on this because we think that actually... What's very unique about the TCS on this political issue is it brings together the three people who are most affected and most able to actually induce change. 
we have sanctioned that country so much that our trade is now less than one million euro. I could currently, a house down in Walloway Saint Lambert is worth more than our whole trade with North Korea. Now, that gives us a sense of perspective that we must work with exactly these three partners if we wish to see a diminution of this threat. Now, whether that's through the TCS, because that's a very different issue, it may be a bilaterally done issue, but it is a great chance in a dialogue like this to highlight that the EU recognizes these three countries as the ability to come together in cooperation to affect a common challenge, which I think trumps, to coin a phrase, any diff other great uh, differences that they have between each other. And that is the, is the critical force between, behind regional cooperation, that the, the chances given through regional cooperation outweigh the negatives one feels between ourselves. And at that moment, even people who disagree hotly on lots of other issues will come together to pursue that issue. Thank you very much. Uh, so, Mr. Lee, just uh, a final word from you, if I may. So, if you're looking ahead to 2017, the, the next few months, what is the one thing that you think will be very, very important for the TCS and for trilateral cooperation? Will it be the summit? If there is a summit, will that be really a big breakthrough? Yes. Uh, Ambassador already mentioned a little bit uh, about this uh, future prospect of a summit. Uh, actually, the uh, this summit um, is the most important and biggest driving force to push forward our trilateral cooperation. Um, so, the last we ha we ha we already had the sixth uh, the uh, summit. The last one is uh, the happened in uh, November, yeah, yeah, 2015. So we uh, we all board members participate uh, at that uh, the summit meeting, and we are very encouraged to witness that uh, all three leaders declare that uh, the momentum uh, for trilateral cooperation has fully uh, recovered and restored with the resumption of trilateral uh, summit. Uh, but uh, as you know, the future is always uh, the unpredictable. Uh, the, the scheduled summit didn't take place due to the uh, po uh, political situation in Korea. Uh, but as soon as everything is back to normal, uh, then uh, we'll have another very successful summit meeting uh, in Tokyo as soon as possible. Mm. I, think, I think that is uh, one word. Okay. There are also the news that uh, because this year is the 45 years anniversary of uh, China and Japan diplomatic relationship, mm. and also the 25th anniversary of China and South Korea, we heard that the uh, Japanese Prime Minister have the intention to come to China, so that's a big chance. <laughs> do you, do you, Mr. Lee wants to have a last comment? Yeah, I can give you a few minutes to have a last comment. Of course, you've flown all the way from Seoul, yeah. Mr. Lee. I mean, I'm not going to deprive you I of this moment. <laughs> time is very limited. Uh, I think two minutes. Two minutes? Okay. Um, Many people think that, believe that uh, trilateral uh, cooperation is almost impossible. But according to my observation, I, of course, trilateral cooperation is, uh, the, uh, looks like a very uh, difficult, but not so impossible. Uh, if uh, three, con uh, three countries uh, the, uh, dream together, uh, it may be uh, possible. So I'd like to quote uh, the, uh, the, the Winston Churchill's quote, every pessimist 
consider the uh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> the glass half uh, half empty? No, no. no. <laughs> every optimist, every optimist see the opportunity in the every difficulty, and every pessimist. Yeah, yeah. You no, no. And go ahead. Every pessimist see the difficulty in every opportunity. So tri -corp trilateral cooperation uh, is just like that. So it almost seems impossible until it's done. But uh, if we uh, overcome the existing uh, dif difficulties, then uh, it, it will bring a huge benefit, not only for three countries, but also regionally and the uh, world at large. Very good final words. Thank you very much for that intervention. So, uh, friends and colleagues, you heard it here first, uh, I think. Uh, TCS is, uh, is something that's important, it's significant, it's uh, growing, it's making progress, and we're really, really happy and looking forward to our next meeting when you can come back and tell us about the summit and give us a briefing, a debriefing on what was achieved and what the aspirations are. So uh, thank you. Please join me in thanking Mr. Lee, Julian, and Xining, and join us outside for uh, uh, some refreshments. Thank you very much. And please do engage with us outside as well. I think Mr. Lee is more than happy to tell you more about TCS.